Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Now, there's a couple of education stories in the news this morning. One that is an annual bugbear of mine that I really hate and I am so angry at what I'm reading in the examiner today, Sean Murray their education correspondent writing a piece about it, I'll get to that in a while but a school for which I have the greatest of respect is the Onabui Educate Together, I remember the day it opened and I remember the fantastic concept that it was and I remember going down there and meeting people down there and because it was kind of the first major educate together school of its kind in that area right there in the middle of heronswood trina golden good morning to you good morning pj how are you great you're gonna have someone give me teaching in a corridor next year do you know the funniest part of this pj is when i was discussing this with the examiner that wasn't even the main part of the story so when the, the story broke and that was the headline, I was a bit surprised because I don't think people realise, but I kind of did some some polls online about it last night because this is completely normal for schools. So schools that read that were not surprised at all and the general public was shocked. But from the polls I did, it's about 2,000 teachers replied last night within about three hours and almost 70% of them in their schools, there's SET teachers teaching in corridors yeah. or toilets or cupboards or a corner of something. And this is completely normal in our schools. And it was a surprise to me that it was a shock to everyone else. Well, it would be a shock, Trina, to people because to the and it's to the teachers and the school's eternal credit that you're not standing on the roof of the school screaming about it every day. Look, it it is and it isn't. You know, I think in ways we don't scream enough and these things continue and nothing gets done about it because this isn't, you know, we're a school in temporary accommodation. There's always going to be challenges in temporary accommodation. That's the nature of it. But we have permanent schools replying last night new bills in the last two, three, four, five years, and they all have teachers teaching in corridors. They have brand new buildings, and in the brand new buildings, there's only, they're only building maybe three support rooms for a school of 450 kids, and you might have eight to ten support teachers. So this isn't just an issue of, of schools in old accommodation or temporary accommodation. This is schools currently being built now. And it's still happening. So I feel like, you know, maybe we need to shout a bit more and be a, a little less quiet and get on with it. But at the same time, when something becomes so normalized, you just don't really think about it day to day. You you're know, it just me, is Trina, what it is. Yeah, you're saying to me that schools that aren't even 
open yet. In fact, that might not even have a brick put on top of a brick or a trench dug yet. That they will be over full before they open. Who the hell is planning this? And for me, that's the core of it. And and I suppose that brings it back to my, my main point of the article, which was we are a new school. We're three years open. We're in a third year of temporary accommodation. We luckily have had our site identified. We're going to be moving into Janeville, which is great. But that's probably, you know, with planning and all of that, that's probably realistically four to five years away. That's on a good day. I run out of space at at best. I run out of space in this building next year. I will be enrolling parents in October for the following year. And they're going to ask me, you know, where are you going to be? And my answer is going to be, I don't know. I have no, no idea. There is no communication. There is no planning. So I might find out where I'm going to be in the September if I'm lucky in February, March before it. You might not find out till May. So you're trying to enroll kids. You're going to tell telling parents, you know, please give us your your lovely five year old who's your whole world. And I can't tell them where that child's going to be sitting in the September. And for me, that lack of planning, it's across everything. You know, we will have that lovely new building. We'll have 16 classrooms. We'll have three autism classes, probably. And we will probably have three support rooms. That's the standard for a 16 class build. Right. We already have two support teachers. So when we have 450 kids, how many support teachers are we likely to have? Mm. And how are they going to fit in three rooms? You're over full before you're open. Yeah, or certainly within within a number of years, there's no forward planning as to, you know, where where does it go? And then you, what you see in, you know, lots of new schools is a huge amount of money being put into extensions and the school might only be open five years. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there's an extension needed and you're going through the whole process again and the amount of money involved. And I think that's that's the thing. People, you know, need to be aware and need to be angry because the, it's not fair on the kids. You know, our first class that, that started with us are in first class now. They will probably spend their entire school, primary school education in temporary accommodation. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now, to d- d- define what temporary accommodation is, in, in my day, it was a prefab, Trina. I did three years of my primary school in a prefab. 
most most of the time it's prefabs. Um, it's not for us at the moment. We're in a building in Heronswood that was originally built as a creche. So the department have leased it for three years until the end of next year. Um, it's fine. It's good quality temporary accommodation. You know, it's it's as good as it gets for temporary accommodation, but it's small. Mm. And the classrooms are small. So space is very, very tight. So like next year, my office is going to be a desk in the staff room. You know, that's that's kind of the space we're looking at. Um, after that, I don't know. You know, we could be on a split. We could be here and somewhere else. We could be in prefabs on the new site if they can arrange planning for that. I really don't know. And that uncertainty, I suppose, is is the big challenge for us. And this may sound like an awfully stupid question, but when you got the go-ahead for the new school that will be in, in Janeville, and, and as you say, four or five years on a, on, yeah. a, on a good day, right? Yeah. Did anybody, Trina, sit you down, anybody from the Department of Education, anybody involved with the planning of this and say, Trina, what do you need and what are you going to need? Oh, PJ, like if if you could see the faces of any teachers, well, there's no teachers listening to this because they're all working. Um, they're, they're laughing because we, one, have had and will have absolutely no communication directly from the department. You know, it's it's intermediaries and, oh, will, will someone tell them? Or what often happens is announced on Facebook by a TD and we spot it that way. Um, so direct communication is minimal um, and you get no say, absolutely no say. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not an expert in building. But no, I, but you know how many children you have coming to the school. You know how many you're going to have. You know the space you need. You know the space your staff need. If you ask me, Trina, you'd probably be my first phone call if I was building well, a school like this. I I understand that, but at the same time, Every every new school is set. So our school was was, I suppose, founded due to demographic growth. They knew there were going to be too many children in Carrigaline for the amount of school places. This was identified years ago. My issue is, well, at that point, build the school. You know, you know this is coming. You know you're going to open a new school. There are, you know, housing estates going up all around you. Fall in with that and build the school and then open the school in a building but also all of these schools are identical you know they're they're designed there might be a company designing you know 10 schools at the same time around the country and then they're you know i don't want to say lego but basically you know pre-constructed things that are moved on site mm. like the design is the same we know we're going to have 16 classrooms worth of kids the departments already have a plan for that that's fine but in in terms of how they design that plan I don't think there's an awful lot of people with experience working with children directly in schools involved in that planning stage. I don't think it needs to be the individual school. I don't think you need to speak to every principal because that's probably inefficient. But certainly at that point where you're putting together, this is what a school should look like. Mm. Talk to some principals at that point, you know. Yeah, yeah it um, strikes but, me as, as simple, simple logic that if you're going to be designing a school that you at least talk to the principal who will be running that school or at very least the the board of that school to know yeah. what exactly you need. But let's bring it down to brass tacks, Trina. The, the youngsters, the wonderful five-year-olds and upwards that you take in, how does this affect them day to day? 
Well, this this will vary hugely depending. And and look, the article was was more about temporary accommodation in general. We're, as I said, quite lucky in what we have. So for now, we're we're doing quite well with space. Next year, as I said, we will move things around. I'll move into the staff room. We'll do anything we can to minimise the impact on the kids because the reality is they deserve better than than what's going to be there for them. But the issue is, you know, spaces like we don't have we've very minimal outdoor space for them to play and run. And, you know, we're talking about a new curriculum where we're prioritizing well-being and PE and physical activity. And yet you will have temporary accommodation built all over the country, prefabs going in places with absolutely no outdoor space access or, you know, a tiny corner for a yard. So what we what we say in theory when we develop the curriculum and then we don't follow through in practice, the spaces aren't there to do a proper PE curriculum, to, to give them access to green spaces, to give them, you know, all of those things we're saying are so important um, mm. aren't there. And, you know, schools will make do and schools will mitigate it. So we'll go for a walk to somewhere reasonably nearby. We, we had our sports day on a green, you know, in the housing estate. What? that's the sort of thing you're doing and the kids loved it the kids didn't notice a tap of difference they absolutely loved it but yeah but I'd say you were living in fear oh, and mortal the, fear of a van coming around the corner exactly and a child like, running out in front of it just making a run yeah and look we, we mitigated all that we did the risk assessments we we people placed in very careful spaces to make sure that didn't happen but you shouldn't have to be, you know, no. that shouldn't be part of it. Um, and those kids that are in first class now, the, the ones, the parents that took a leap with us the first day we opened, they're probably never going to see that new school building. That's the reality, you know, and that's not good enough. No. They don't deserve to spend eight years jumping from building to building to prefab to housing estate to wherever, you know. There seems to be, building. there seems to be, and I can, I can remember when I lived in, Carrigaline Trina, and I'm gone out of it now the bones of, of 20 years, but when I lived in Carrigaline, there wasn't enough educational space for the children. Carrigaline is considerably bigger now. I remember every time I drive down past Janeway, which is, or Janeville, which is a fantastic development of wonderful houses, yeah. see, where are all these children going to go to school? Yeah, and, and, you know, hopefully they'll be with us, and that's, to be fair, that was identified, the department did plan to open a new school, that side of it's great. They're identifying the demographics and they are creating the space. But it seems to be completely separate then to think about, oh, what about a building? You know, so th there needs to be some form of joined up planning here where, yes, you've identified the demographics. You've decided we need a new school. Brilliant. Where are you going to put them? Where are you going to put them and when so, is it going to open? Exactly. You know, and that and just from my own side and look, this is less important because it doesn't have direct impact on the kids. But like so much of my time is spent trying to, you know, convince kids, convince parents to start with us because our teacher numbers are completely dependent on the amount of kids yeah. we enroll. So if I'm saying to parents in October, oh, start with me, you know, it's a great school, you know, we're really going to help your child. And they're like, well, where are you going to be? And how do I have to drive there? Because Carrigaline traffic is awful. And how am I going to get there? And I can't give them an answer. No. The numbers, we don't hit the numbers and we don't get the teachers 
and then you end up with multi-grade classes and there's all of these knock-on impacts that impact the day-to-day and and, and, and as you said the outset, this is not just uh only we problem this is a national problem and you know you you passed it off there very um very very kindly i think you you underplayed your own problem i think the idea that a principal of a thriving school should be running her office out of a desk in a staff room trina that's disgraceful you can't do your job properly in those circumstances that's true and to be honest one of the bigger concerns for me is you know staff are trying to take their breaks and they need space to have lunch how are you going to conduct an important phone call how are you going to conduct an important phone call or run an important meeting or do a teams with whoever you do teams with when there's a guy trying to have his coffee and sandwich 10 foot away that's not fair on either of you and i suppose that's not that's not specific to me no. and i suppose that's the important message this this article is not look it's not about us it's not about me 42 percent of educate together schools are in temporary accommodation 42 yeah. percent so this isn't one school in cork or one school in Dublin. this is like a significant chunk of all the educated other schools in the country and we're not the only ones you've community national schools and new Wales schools and all of that in similar situations yeah but when you 42 percent of 120 schools in temporary accommodation we're doing something wrong mm-hmm. we're not planning well enough indeed indeed trina good speaking with you continue the wonderful work that you and your team do down there trina golden principal of the onabwe educate together national school in in carrigaline the point she's making is a valid one they're building all these wonderful schools they're saying yeah we'll build these schools we'll spend money on schools we'll give you schools but they don't ask the principal well what do you need now there's your school it's full before it opens there's just where's it going to open when we're going to ah it is all Corks 96 FM